Thanks for pushing play. This is the reseller's voice with April Hunter. You can find me on Instagram, Poshmark, eBay, pretty much everywhere at Cloven Caddis. On Instagram, I'm April underscore at underscore Cloven Caddis. This podcast is a podcast of short 30 minutes or less interviews with resellers of all kinds. If you sell your stuff, we want to talk to you. Hopefully, in the process of that, other community members, whether they're new or they've been around for a million years, will be able to pick up tips, insights, and continue to learn and grow their business through everybody and the shared information. Today's guest is Darcy from The Capital Curator. Darcy is a part-time Poshmark primarily reseller, but she sells on all the platforms. Um, she kind of chooses which item goes to which platform and has a very interesting business model. Let's get right into the interview. Hello, Darcy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad you were able to hop on the call with me today. Thank you again for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. So uh, Darcy is the capital curator. I said that right on Instagram. And what is your Poshmark closet name? Um, the same. It's uh, capital is- curator. Um, and do you only sell on Poshmark, or are you a multi-platform reseller? Um, multiple platforms, um, but but Poshmark is my main platform. She's your main bay. I yes. I have the same main bay. <laughs> Although I'm, I um, I've recently been uh, trying to give eBay a little bit more attention because I was told if I give eBay like a good solid thirty days of my time and effort that it would that it would help me feel better about it. So I I'm on that train right now. So um, I'm 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 kind of cheating on Poshmark a little bit. So I've had items sell and then get returned, but I think most of what I've sold or sent in has sold permanently now. So I think I'm okay to send in more. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I um try to sell across the different platforms based off of what I have in the inventory. So, you know, I recently found um, Kitizen, where you can sell children's clothes, and I actually really like it. Oh, so. see, I I have a really hard time with children's clothes, um, just because of the sheer volume of them. Yes. Like I already have an oversupply issue. So I feel like the, just the sheer volume of stuff that I have to get rid of. Um, so I am literally in the process of coming up with thread up Lux boxes that have all of my outgrown baby items as my, um, youngest outgrows his baby items. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, because if you send one one Lux item in per box, then it treats your whole different your whole process is treated differently through ThreadUp, I guess. So that's um, that's what I'm working on. I'm going to see how it works for me because um, I do not do ThreadUp a whole lot. Yeah, I think there's a learning curve for that one, but <laughs> it seems like a great opportunity. Yeah, to do. <laughs> yeah, I've done I've done the real real, and I'm uh, I'll have another big box ready ready to go into the real real too. 
Um, and I do like the real real. I was not sure about it at first. I was very hesitant about it because um, they have either the buyers on there. You don't get to set your own prices. Um, and then the buyers have like 14 or 21 days that they can return your item. And oh, wow. you don't find out why they returned your item. So. Well, that's good success with that platform. I've only ever used mm-hmm. it to source, which is a oh. whole different story. <laughs> There's some good sourcing opportunities on there. So um, tell us how you got started with with Poshmark and reselling. Well, I just, I kind of stumbled upon um, the, the platform. I've actually been a member since 2013. Um, and it was to as t- I signed up as a buyer, um, I was looking for mm-hmm. a pair of specific pair of sunglasses and um, I found them and then I learned about this, the bundle feature. So I ordered a couple of different pieces and then um, I didn't touch the app anymore after that until last year in September. Um, the reason why I got into it is because um, I, you know, kind of initially came across some some articles and some uh, Instagram accounts, people that were doing this reselling. And it was completely new to me. I had never even heard of it. Um, And one of my main goals is is I really wanted to try to pay down some credit card debt. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just in learning what other people were doing, I started with a couple of people, like everyone says, a couple of pieces from your closet. You know, you see how fast those items sell and, from that point on, I was hooked. Yeah, I I do totally feel like they um, they market those first couple items so that they sell really quickly. I think they're all about getting us all addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they did move pretty fast, and that was kind of sweet inspiration, you know. So, what was your first sale? Um, my first sale was actually a pair of they were North Face flip flops, boys. Oh. <laughs> They were um, a pair of kids flip flops. Um, uh-huh. And it's funny because the very first um, buyer for them, I will say that because they, they were bought twice. Um, the very first buyer um, ended up canceling the order. Uh-huh. Um, so I relisted them and they literally sold like the next day. Wow. So and that was pretty good. That was pretty good margin for me to say, OK, this is something that may work. Yeah, and was that the first item that you had thrifted also, or what was the first item that you thrifted to sell? Um, the first item that I thrifted, I think the first item that I, I attended a yard sale that was uh, up the street from my house. Um, and I just kind of mm-hmm. stopped in and, you know, with yard sales, it's either hit or miss. But the yard sale I went to actually had tons of pieces that still had tags hanging on them. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a great opportunity to, you know, kind of just springboard in with small amount of items. And I ended up selling a Nike sweatshirt. Um, I believe that was that was my first sale, um, thrifted sale. That's a I I think um I think the Boston Posture had a very similar Nike sweatshirt story, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so you are by trade a graphic designer. I am. So do you Do you consider yourself to be a part-time reseller or a hybrid reseller or full-time reseller? What do you consider your, your, your Poshmark job time load? Uh, I am very part-time in a sense where I wish there was more time that I could devote to it, but between career and family, um, I put as much into it as I can. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why I take great care in certain areas to try to make sure I'm maximizing my time. Um, So, you know, I'm choosing different brands and, and um, trying to eke out and find the times that I can use uh, to devote to it. That's where that's where it's at because I I'm a full time graphic designer, like contract graphic designer for the government. So, you know, oh. it's, it's uh you know it could be a little difficult to you know try to get everything done, but I try to devote at least a good amount of my time a month to Poshmark. I I can imagine how your job is going currently in the census <laughs> and, uh, you know, our, our uh, local virus. Uh, do you consider yourself a uh, introvert or a social butterfly? Definitely an introvert. That no is, questions. Just no <laughs> questions asked. I am completely introverted. I prefer to be home. I prefer to be in the company of my family. Um mm-hmm large crowds I am very they kind of give me anxiety a little bit you know so I try mm-hmm. to stay away from that but I am very comfortable being an, a self-proclaimed introvert <laughs> awesome I think I honestly think most resellers have a level of introvertedness that they you know some people can be very social and get out there but they definitely recharge in their own space yes so and and so I feel like that's just a very common a common thread that runs throughout most of us. Um, so what is the reason that you've kind of decided to keep reselling and stay with it even, you know, even though there's been some slowdowns? Because you said you started in September, so you haven't really hit summer slowdown yet. But there was the, the holiday slowdown. So what made you decide to continue after the holidays? Um, I have actually seeing consistent sales um from the time that I've started to now even Mm -hmm. through the slowdowns um it it may be times when it is slow but then I see those times when it peaks and it makes up for those times that there was a slowdown so I've seen consistency in my number of sales from month to month and that is really what kind of keeps me in the game and makes me want to try to do better than the month before Mm. so you you've mentioned a couple of of things here where you're making me believe that when you go sourcing you are very structured in how you source and that you're very methodical about what you pick up and what you don't pick up it kind of depends um you know it depends on how I feel when I get out there um I definitely look for labels uh Mm -hmm. But then I also, there'll be times when I just kind of, you see a piece, it's a feel-good piece. It might not necessarily be the latest name brand or um, an item that you think would, would people would just jump on, but you just feel good about it and you think that someone mm-hmm. else would feel good about how they look in this. And right. um, I'll pick up those pieces as well. So I do a, li- a bit of both. I no, I I totally have on a feelings purchaser. I totally get the second half of that. Um, <laughs> I I'm really I know that I'm constantly saying I should go check comps, but I really just it's a lot of it is about like the style and the feel. Um, and some of it, I mean, not necessarily in the checking comps, but I do know like I probably have like a pricing structure in my head based on how much an item costs. So. 
Um, but a lot of it is definitely based on the feel of the item and, 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 uh, total, total emotional buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that there are, um, quite a few emotional, emotional buys. Um, I actually went to a, uh, yard sale and, um, I picked up this gorgeous long, it was a long leather coat. You could tell it was from late 60s early 70s but it was just in great condition and it was beautiful and it was something about this coat that spoke to me Mm -hmm. um so I purchased it and of course I listed it and it didn't sit long it sat for a while but I just felt like someone someone would love to have this and sure enough you know it was sold so that was one of those things that I kind of had to trust my gut on um you know was it, it didn't fall into the structure of you know falling under a brand name or maybe what might have be the the latest and the greatest but um you know sometimes you just have to learn to trust your gut yeah yeah was that your biggest flip to date or what was your biggest flip to date my biggest flip was a handbag um i've tried a number of different sourcing options um I've done mm-hmm. on, you know online arbitrage retail arbitrage I've done liquidations I've done um wholesale and of course you know thrift stores and mm-hmm. um when I first got into this the very first thing I did was um I shopped a clearance sale and right. um and I w- just walked into a department store one day and they were having this huge clearance sale table full of these bags and so I picked up like three of them um, off of a feel good thing and the price was right. Uh, and it was Michael Kors bag. And that one was my biggest flip. There was three that of them, was- but I, I sold all three of them, but you know, one, of course I had different prices, but those right, were my yeah. biggest flips. Yeah. Well, Michael Kors was really, really hot. I, I, I feel like it in some ways is kind of starting to die down a little bit, but that was, that was a good gut purchase. <laughs> yeah, it it was at the time, you know, and, you know, that was, like I said, when I first started, now that I'm trying, I'm doing more research and kind of seeing what's moving, I'm, you know, I'm picking up less of those handbags, and I'm kind of steering in a certain direction um, of what type mm-hmm. of items I want to pick up and what kind of things move well for me, and I just find that handbags are not something that I have, like, a passion about. Yeah, I definitely feel like you have to have a passion about things. I like handbags. I love the return on handbags. I am not generally a person who carries a handbag. So I feel like that kind of puts me at a disadvantage in some ways because I don't know how to clean them appropriately. Therefore, I don't list them. Therefore, they just sit in a tub (laughs) not being sold. So um, I think that that kind of comes into play a little bit in 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 the passions is a little bit of your your backstory and your history and and what items you're comfortable with and what items you aren't choose are um kind of hit or miss for me in the same way um mostly because it's very rewarding to sell shoes and once you get them all cleaned it's a great flip but the cleaning them part of it is always work I find I always procrastinate it I always have a touch of shoes yeah I have definitely have a love-hate relationship with shoes but it's honestly the first section that I go to when I go into the thrift store you know um but I I love to sell them I hate to clean them but I clean you know of course I clean them but I try to find shoes that I don't have to put in massive amounts of work into 
Yes, there's a couple up in Maine. Have do you follow? Yes. Uh, RNZ? Yes, they do. I don't know how to pronounce their RNZY resells, but um, they do a they do a they do a big business with shoes. I am constantly like. How do you guys accomplish so much? They must be on like a caffeine high. I, I all mean, day their long. their sales are phenomenal. Like I definitely follow them and I watch their Insta stories every every day, and it's such an inspiration, you know. But that they found their niche, and um, you know, this business can sometimes be niche. You know, you that if you find something that works for you, you have to really run with it and go with it. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the niches kind of help us all out. Like, I think it, it plays into that area where I don't feel like everybody's necessarily in competition with each other because everybody has their own, their own footprint and their own niche. That's right. I agree. So what would you say is your biggest challenge as far as accomplishing your reselling career as well as your family and full-time job and everything else that goes on in your life yeah I was just gonna say like just life you know my husband and I we always have the conversation because I tell him I you know keep he's very supportive um Mm -hmm. and I keep him in the loop as far as the numbers go um and he sees the level of growth in it. And he's like, man, if you just had more time to devote to this, this could like be a gold mine for us. You know, um, you could liberate yourself a little bit and free up your time to do this, you know, more on a full time basis and feel like it's very rewarding for you. But, you know, with right now, you know, like I said, I'm a full time contractor, full time mom of two boys, one that's turning two next week um so just you know being a wife and just it's just a lot of responsibility of life that kind of keep me from um my actualized goals of um Mm -hmm. of what I feel like my Poshmark closet could be um but I think that just over time um like I said I'm still very fresh to this I still keep having to remind myself that this is new um and mm-hmm. along the way I find ways to make it a little easier or find some a way to make um to systemize things a little bit so that I can mm-hmm. I can bring it more into my life um if that makes any sense No that makes a lot of sense I think that's a you know the each individual has a learning journey and a learning curve that they're on. And I think that in many ways, our, um, our ability to navigate and change and pivot quickly is going to be to our advantage, especially with um, a lot of the larger big box retailers bringing in secondhand markets and clothing. I think that we as individual resellers will be able to make changes a lot faster than a lot of them. And because we are purchasing smaller, like on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. we'll be able to flex and flux with the, you know, the fashion industries and the styles and trends more than some of those bigger box um, resellers, you know, will be able to. So tell us a little bit about your, um, like your posh space and how you manage your inventory. Yeah, certainly. I, um, I'm fortunate enough to you know own our own home and uh so we use a space in our home uh we have an entire finished out basement so Mm -hmm. I kind of I use that space for um I use that space in a spare bedroom that I have for storage uh 
inventory storage. Um, I have a space where I do um, photography. I have a space where I do my steaming, everything. So I have a nice little setup. It could be more refined as my my inventory is growing. I find that I mm-hmm. obviously I need to um, get more totes and things like that. But um, I definitely have a dedicated space to um, where everything is done in the same space. Uh, it makes me feel like I'm, you know, basically going into my shop and and working from there, and it kind of legitimizes the business a lot more. Yeah, well, and also when it takes up, you know, a good footprint of your area, I think you you start to see like this isn't something that I could just get rid of really quickly. Oh no. <laughs> um, how many how many active items do you have in your closet right now? Um, active, I have two hundred and eighty. Five. Um, I think overall, uh, my entire closet is about 600 pieces. Uh-huh. I honestly can say I have maybe another, oh my goodness, 400 pieces I could active, I could easily list. So I try <laughs> not to get overwhelmed by that because if I look at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to like get any of this stuff done. Mm-hmm. What I do is I create like five pile, piles of items that, um, um, either and I I work it two different ways there's an items that need to be steamed and then there's items that can very quickly be listed but that don't need much work and mm-hmm. um, depending on what type of time I have to devote to it I will pick that pile of the five to ten items and I'll photograph them list them I, after they go to bed then I'll take and I'll devote some time to that as far as sourcing goes um on Sunday mornings, my husband will step in with the kids and I will go out and do some sourcing, hit a couple of different spots or just choose one spot. Um, so mm-hmm. in that respect, I will plan. I'll say, okay, this week I'm going to do, you know, this store or this week mm-hmm. I'm going to do this store. That way um, I'm not just going out without any rhyme or reason. Um, right. And because I only have a very short amount of time to actually source. Um, so right. on Saturday and Sundays, I try to be very calculated about how I use that time during the week. I try to make sure I devote that time to my my family. Do you have like any any form of schedule set for how you conduct like a, say a week um, as far as Poshmark goes? Or is it just um, my favorite analogy, trying to put cheese through a cheese grater of anything you can accomplish? Um, most of the time, it's the cheese grater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, on Saturday nights, um, my, generally my husband usually works Saturday nights. Um, mm-hmm. And so after the kids go to bed, that's like prime time for me to just go in straight posh mode. So I will turn on some music and bring in maybe three or four of those piles and go through and do some things. But Saturday night is my absolute dedicated time to work on posh now and everything else is kind of sporadic. Um, So Mm -hmm. I might be able to get to some things during the week. Um, I work from home as a contractor, which helps a great deal. So when I have moments in my day where I can devote a little bit of time, I will try to do that because what I find is that it's harder to do things when the cho- the kids are in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, having two boys, boys are busy. <laughs> you know, they kind of need to be watched yeah. a little bit more. So I um, I try not to, to take too much time away from them um, mm-hmm. during the week. 
And like I said, if I have some extra energy in the evenings, pack them for inventory. Right. Um, so I try not to overwhelm myself. I try to break everything down so that it's manageable for me. And then I can kind of see what I have left and where I can source more. <laughs> I probably don't need to be sourcing more, but you can kind of, it kind of gives you an, a mindset of where, where you can um, beef up your, the inventory. Yeah, I I have a similar a similar type process. Did, so you do your batches based on whether you have to steam them or like what what process they have to be done as far as work to them? Because that's I I don't honestly I'm not sure I've heard of anybody batching that way before. I think most people I've heard batch by like these are pants or this is dresses and this is shirts no as far as photographing so that's really interesting yeah I I um go through my items and if I need to steam things I will take those things and I will hang them on a rack sometimes Mm -hmm. if I hang them long enough the wrinkles will actually knock out on their own so I don't (laughs) I don't need to steam everything but then if there's an actual pile that needs a little bit of work like the steaming I will collect those Mm -hmm. in a a batch and then as I'm you know as I attack each of those batches um, I can say okay well I have um, maybe 10 to 15 more minutes than I did yesterday I'm going to attack attack this batch that needs a little bit more work um, that needs to be steamed Uh, so based on the amount of time that I have and I'm able to devote to that's how I uh, um, create my attack plan that's that's good. I, I actually, I like that. I'm kind of intrigued by that. I might have to try that out and see if it works better than my, my current batching situation. Um, so yeah, that's, that's good. That's smart. I, I, um, I'm in a similar situation where I work from home full time. Um, and then my children are in daycare or high school. And then, um, so then I, you know, I, I try to get as much as I can done, like, I call them my 15 minute breaks and my lunch hour <laughs> for Poshmark. Um, and, you know, then I have the weekends as well. So, but I definitely find that I, I cannot do any poshing when the kids are home. And some of that is because I, I did move all of my posh stuff out of my house. So what would you say are some good tips that you've kind of picked up along the way as far as somebody who's just getting started out? or something that you may have picked up from other seasoned resellers that you want to remind everybody else? Um, Some of the tips that I've picked up is um, being a mom. um, Obviously, our time is limited. Uh, I have greatly benefited from using a virtual assistant. Um, Mm -hmm. That has been a game changer for me um, because I, I... I don't really have a lot of time to sit and share, um, but having someone that that does have that time to devote to it is has been immense. Um, also, using the features um, on Poshmark, I've had great success with offers to likers um, in mm-hmm. conjunction with the the sharing service because I get a lot of likes, and then what I do is at the end of the week, I'll send out some offers. And nine times out of 10, I mean, you know, there'll be some days when you don't get any and um, there'll be times when you get tons, but I'm learning the strategy of what days work for me most Mm -hmm. with those offers to likers. Um, I don't really participate in closet clear out um, and I don't do a lot of relisting, but I find that, you know, um, just engaging with 
people directly um, through bundles, but the bundle feature has been very successful for me as well. Mm. Do you do, so you said you do your offers like is like once a week. Have you found like, um, like a certain day of the week or a certain time of the day that it's better to send out the offers to likers? I generally send out the offers to likers, um, like wide scale, mostly two times a month. So it'll be mm-hmm. uh, the end of the month and the middle of the month. Um, I generally mm-hmm. try to send those on Thursday nights. Um, I find that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are my big sale days. Um, mm-hmm. During the week, it's sporadic. Um, there'll be some weeks I, I, that I'll get sales every day there'll be some some weeks where I won't get sales until the weekend but Mm -hmm. um generally when I send out those offers to likers on Thursdays that's when I get a big pushing pushing sales yeah I I do a similar a similar offers to likers now I used to be the person who sent you the offer within five minutes of when you liked an item and I did 90% of what I sold was based on that um and I do find uh, sometimes still in the middle of the night, if I'm up in the middle of the night with my kid, I will send out offers to likers to people who like things in the middle of the night, but not during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because if I'm up in the middle of the night and I am, you know, messing about in the interwebs, if I decide to buy something, I will buy it. I I have no filter in the middle of the night when it comes to buying something. <laughs> and it's a horrible, horrible habit. But <laughs> that's why I send out my offers to likers in the middle of the night when I'm up with my kids. Um, and then I do have to say, I'm going to challenge you to participate in Closet Clear Out. And I know that this is an unpopular opinion because I know everybody hates Closet Clear Out. But it's basically reduced shipping that we don't have to pay for on Poshmark's end. And if you're strategic about it and you do it on the same days, like the Thursdays and Fridays that you're already sending out offers to likers, um, use the bundle feature and go in to your likes. And instead of just sending the offer to liker, um, you can use the text expander mm-hmm. on your phone. Um, and so you just type in like CCO for like every, you know, like add the item to a bundle and then use your text expander um, to say like, hey, today's closet clear out. I can reduce the item of this skirt, dress, whatever, by, you know, 20% or what you can put like a set dollar in there. Um, and then it will qualify for reduced shipping. If this interests you, please let me know and I will activate the offer or drop the price of it. And that way, it, it's not money coming out of your pocket as far as the reduced shipping. If you're, if you're using it to your advantage that way and you're already sending out offers to likers that's what i do and it's actually been really helpful i think i think it was wing lisa or maybe there was somebody else that there, there's like two or three people that use that method and it, it does work well going back to offers to likers um i know you said you said you used to try five minutes in and i find that that method only works with men mm-hmm. it's so wild it's mm. like men they just wait for you to send them an offer and then they'll purchase um, it's no thinking about it or you know, I, I find that they will generally accept mm-hmm. an offer. If, if I send an offer to them within five to 10 minutes, that they'll accept my offer. Hmm. I'm going to have to pay more attention to who's actually liking <laughs> my items, which is what it's all about. And that's honestly, it's why I really like this community so much. Cause it, it is like, we, we freely share information and have strategizing that I really don't feel like it's not like, you know, Walmart and target are, 
in a you know conference that are being like, hey, if you send an offer to a man, he's gonna <laughs> buy something. I just don't feel there's that out there. Okay, so I have one final question for you, and that is the final question for everybody, which is if you were to be able to meet a air quotes celebrity reseller and go thrifting with them, who would you meet and where would you go thrifting? Ooh. Okay, I have two, and for two very different reasons. Um, the first one okay. is Nicole State. Um, mm-hmm. I like how real she is and how informative she is. Just on, she's very relatable. Um, I feel like she's right. every reseller um, that is on Poshmark, uh, and she does such great haul videos and her live thrift. Um, I would just love to go with her to the bins and, you know, mm-hmm. just learn from how she does her strategy. Um, she's very mm-hmm. good. She's very knowledgeable about brands and bolo brands and things like that. So I, she's definitely one of my go-to. My other one would be yep. Pretty Bone. Um, and the reason mm-hmm. why is because her strategy is a lot different. I I'm not sure if she uses thrift stores, um, but I know that she does a lot of wholesale and like liquidation purchases. And I would love to learn her Mm -hmm. strategies for that and getting the items that she gets at the prices that she gets. Right. Like the retail arbitrage and the online arbitrage. That's something that I definitely want to get into more is uh, the, the, those arbitrages. Cause I, sometimes I feel like especially certain times of the year or with our lovely virus outbreak that it might not be smart to just be out in public as much as I want to be. So awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, It was awesome to talk to you. I really enjoy talking shop and you had a lot of really, really good um, tips in there and some tricks that I'm going to have to try out. You know, anything that I can, you know, I've only, like I said, I've only been in this short time, but, from what I've learned just in this short time, if I could help somebody else um, with the advice that I've been given or things that I have come across, I it, it means the world to me because we are a community. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's that's what it's all about. So thank you again. And uh, I will be in touch and thank you again. You and reaching out on Instagram. <laughs> I really enjoyed today's episode darcy really has a lot of unique perspectives and ideas um and ways that she runs her business um i hope that she's doing well uh with her contractor job especially with as bad as the coronavirus has gotten for everybody um if you are in need of inventory um feel free to reach out to those people who keep telling you that they have lots of inventory um Poshmark and the reselling community is a very giving and sharing community and I bet that you could probably get some inventory that way. Um, As always, stay safe and uh, keep selling. Ta-ta for now.